Welcome to this episode of the Making Money Simple podcast. In this episode, it's going to be a combination of talking about growing and then monetizing a side hustle, specifically blogging online, as well as some money saving tips that you can use and implement this year to hopefully help you out. I'm joined by Emma from Be Money Savvy, a previous winner of the best money saving blog. Emma, how are you doing today? Thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, great. It's nice to be here, Ryan. Thank you for inviting me. No, anytime. So I know you've been blogging for a number of years and I get a lot of questions about side hustles, different side hustles, how you can start them and essentially one day sort of monetize them and make money from them. And that's essentially exactly what you've done with your uh, blog. So I thought we're gonna, we could start there with a few questions and then um, get into some maybe money saving tips that people can try and use in 2024 to um, yeah improve their financial situation. I obviously know on your blog, you have a lot of articles and good stuff on how to actually improve your money situation as well um yeah so the first question would be essentially how and when you got started with blogging and then we can then get into the monetization afterwards yeah so um it's a bit of a funny story actually so i finished university was looking for a full-time job and i applied for this job that i thought would be wicked and i got offered it as a job share um and which mean I got part-time hours instead of full-time hours. And as a new graduate, that's not really what I wanted. Um, so the blog came about because I took the job, I took the part-time job and I thought, well, I need something to fill the time. At the time, I had no idea you could even make money from blogging, but I was looking for ways to improve my writing skills um, find a bit of a hobby, just something to fill in the time where I wasn't working because I was young energetic um, and I was quite good with money as well so I thought I would start sharing money tips online um no there's no advice specific advice on there but things that I was doing and I could show how I was budgeting or the extra side hustles I were doing and it started off as me documenting my sort of money journey um lots of my colleagues would always ask me questions about money and I and it, it sort of was becoming repetitive and I thought if I create this blog I can just be like well actually I've written about it yeah. and read send it. them send like, send them a link just read that yeah, it's all been done for you. so this was in 2017 and like I said I, I had no idea you could make money blogging that wasn't wasn't something I was aware of at all um so I created this blog and over time, so originally it was like a free blog. It was, I think it was on WordPress. So it had like .wordpress at the end. Yeah. Over time, I decided to buy my own domain name um, just so that it felt like I had more ownership over it. And literally little by little, I would get like, I remember my first ever £10 job which is, was to share like a guest post on my website and I got £10 for it. And I was absolutely buzzing. I thought... <laughs> I've made it. I can't believe I'm making £10 from my blog, um, which seems quite funny now because, I mean, last month it made four grand. So the the big yeah, jump wow. from 2017 to 2023 and 2024 onwards has been massive. And I think I've sort of just found my own way along, along it. So like I said, it made nothing in the first year. In 2018, it made £90. <laughs> in 2019, it made around 8,000. 2020, it made around 12. And it just kept growing and growing yeah. each year. 
Um, and it was, so my blog makes money in three different ways. Um, sponsored work. So a brand will get in touch with me and they'll say, will you review our website or our offer or our app? Um, I write up a big post for them and then they pay me for that essentially. Um, then I also do affiliate marketing. So that's like commission-based links. So someone clicks on one of the links on my website and I might get a little bit of commission. And then I also have adverts on there. And that's something I only started doing last year, but it adds that sort of passive income aspect to it. Um, so each month it's got Google AdSense and that earns like roughly between like 100 and 400 pounds a month by doing nothing, which is Ideal. also something I would have never even thought of. Um, but yeah, that's the sort of blogging journey. That's how it started and how it makes money as well. Yeah, no, thanks to the overview. That's really helpful. A few bits to dig into. I mean, one thing I forgot to mention, actually, and when you say you took the part-time job, was that the part-time job in the NHS and you're still doing that same job now? No, it was actually a different part-time job. Okay. Um, so I was working at a, a student's union, um, nice. essentially like an events job. Um, and funnily enough, when I applied for my NHS job, which is my second job, um, I was like, there's no way I'm working full-time now. I'm, I'm going to stay part-time. Yeah. I've got my blog income. So now you're part-time in the NHS. Yeah, that's right. And your blogging income now obviously outpaces what you make from that. Definitely, that, yeah. I shared something um, a few weeks ago that was like I'd earn, I think it was 16 grand from my part-time job and 31 grand from my blog, which... Was that in um, 2023? Yeah, that was in 2023. Yeah. That's pretty magic. mental, like double the in income from your day job yeah. in blogging. It's crazy. So when did you, when did that sort of overlap? And was it like 2019, 2020 when the blog probably took off and started matching your day job or was it more recently? I think um, 2020, it probably was matching it. Um, and even, then after, even after three or four years, that's pretty good. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. So it started in 2017 and it, by 2020, it was matching my day job, my part-time wage. Um, and then 2021, I have no idea what happened, but it literally doubled. So I went from earning like 12 grand in 2020 to earning 20 grand in 2021. Yeah, that's brilliant. It was, yeah, it was a big jump that year. Maybe maybe I had a lot of time in lockdown to just blog <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, because obviously it's all well and good talking about the money and that going up over time. But I guess there's been a lot of hard work that's gone in behind the scenes to build it up from nothing to, to what it is today, now earning yourself a really good income. So how did you sort of, I guess, go about it in the early days? Was it you posting a blog a certain like time times like once a week? or And then how did you promote it? Obviously, no, you got now like Twitter, Instagram. Did you sort of add different social medias over time to then, I guess, like, increase the traffic all back to your website yeah definitely and I think uh, SEO was a massive part of that and I stumbled on SEO because like I said I started my blog with no idea it could make money I've got no sort of IT web background um, I really was just sort of stumbling around enjoying what I was doing but really stumbling around I had no, I had no clue um, so when I first started it I had no idea you could get traffic from Google that wasn't something I was aware that you could do. So I very much focused on the social media, like referral traffic. Um, and then over time, I, I, like, I'm looking at my blog stats and I can see I'm getting traffic from Google. So it just happened accidentally. Um, and I thought that's 
that's pretty good. People are Googling things and finding my websites. How can I get more of that? Um, And I have to get people messaging me saying, how do I promote my blog? How do I make my blog bigger? Um, And and I don't want to give advice because I think the best way to do it is to just stumble around and figure it out on your own. Um, I see bloggers doing it completely different to me, which is really cool that we've like found different paths to to monetize in our platforms. Um, but yeah, I literally was just stumbling around and was like, okay, that works. I'll do more of that. Um, and it's the same with like all the social media now. It's like you post something and then have a look at how it's done and try and figure out why it's done well or why it's not done well. So hard to figure out why. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, it's all guesswork, but it's, you know, it's that daily experimentation. And I think sort of like subconsciously, naturally, we we sort of know why something's done well and why it's not done so well, or, or we might have a guess. And it is just building on that over time, like just it's it's experimentation. Yeah. Uh, and what works for me might not work for someone else. But I mean, SEO is is pretty great. I would I would really recommend looking into SEO. Yeah. So so were there like a couple of specific topics or like blog posts that blew up all of a sudden that were ranking on Google? Can you remember? Was it like a like a, yeah one of the topics you talked about that all of a sudden got you ranking on Google? Because I I know that. Like I remember when I was looking at this years ago, like what you want to be on the front page of Google, even I preferably in the first few searches because people don't normally scroll down too far, let alone go yeah. to the second page. Um, <laughs> so you sort of got to be up there. And I guess it's one of those things where it's all like a, as has happened with, I guess, your income as well, like the snowball effect of now probably because you're up there more and more posts and your latest posts also go up there so people can find you more and more. But yeah, do you remember like what topics it was to sort of like put you on the map originally? I think, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, I think the first one that ever ranked really well was a post about competitions. Um, so I guess this is this is another sort of mini side hustle of mine. I enter a lot of competitions, or I used to enter a load of competitions. Um, you know, anything where you could win money, you could enter for free, you could win holidays, you could win gadgets, I would enter it. Um, so it was actually a post about like competitions you could enter. Um, and they were, I think it was something like cash prize, free to enter competitions. And that was the one that ranked the first one that ever ranked really well and was bringing in traffic. Um, and again, I completely stumbled upon that. Like I did no keyword research. I didn't look up the title. I didn't do any research on it at all. I just stumbled upon this topic that people were clearly Googling. Yeah. Um, and I guess I had like a personal story in that as well, in that I entered competitions, won a holiday to the Maldives. Last year I won a thousand pounds. Like there's a bits of stuff like that. So I had a personal story of like these things work because I literally do them and I've won competitions doing them. Um, but yeah, that was the first post that ever ranked really well and was bringing in daily traffic. And like you said, it was just a snowball effect from there. Then everything else started to rank a little bit higher. Yeah, that, that, that sounds good. Yeah, that's interesting. And so how much does it take of your time per week, roughly, to actually stay on top? So what's your schedule right now? Do you, how often do you post and how many hours a week does it take you to sort of manage it all? Is it the same as it um, was years ago or now it's like a larger part of your income? Are you more focused on it and put more hours in? It's a good question. Um, I think when I started, I was putting a lot of time and effort in 
but probably not getting a lot out of it. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember tallying it up one week, and I think I did 30 hours on my blog, um, and I was working 18 and a half hours. And um, my partner at the time was like, what are you playing at? You're wasting so much time on this, <laughs> um, which is quite funny now, I guess. Yeah. Um, and in some now. ways, <laughs> I think, like not to be cliche, I think um, in some ways now I'm working smarter rather than harder. Like I would never, I'd never spend 30 hours a week on my blog now. I mean, I'd love to, I enjoy doing it, but I would never spend that amount of time. Like I have two days a week that I see as like, blogging days um and one of them is like a heavy blogging day so I catch up on all my emails do a bit of um blog work be that like writing or a bit of SEO updating an old post and then also like a content schedule for social media and then on the other day that's more of a chilled day I just sort of do what I want any updates that have come through um so I sort of take it pretty easy I'm probably doing about maybe 14, 15 hours a week on my blog. But like I say, at the very start, I was doing more like 30, not really getting that far, although I'm very thankful that I did that work. Yeah, the uh, groundwork. <laughs> I guess you made all the mistakes then, learned from it, and now you can run it much more efficiently. Definitely, that is what it is. And it is just a matter of, yeah, working smarter rather than harder. I just I just know what works now. I know, um, you know, I don't focus on my best ranking post, I focus on the posts that are like on page two or three of Google. They're the posts I'm trying to update. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's just figuring out what's going to work. Same with like the content schedule for social media, just looking at it and being like, right, this is what I want to post out this week. I've not talked about this for a while. What's going to engage people a little bit more? Um, so yeah, working harder, working smarter rather than harder. Yeah, no, that sounds good. And then Bringing it back to the monetization stuff you talked about earlier on. So it sounded like the two main ways that you have monetized it are through brand deals and affiliate marketing. Yeah, that's right. So is that sort of like a of your sort of like time and income? Is that sort of roughly 50-50 or do you, is it more? Yeah, because I guess what I'm thinking about is if people are listening to this and want to start blogging, I guess that probably would be the two main ways that bloggers and I'm probably, I'll probably even like, I'm not really a blogger, but even myself just making like YouTube videos, Instagram posts, the the main way I get money or make money through my sort of online side hustle is probably brand deals. Number one, then it's probably number two, selling my own digital products. And then number three is probably the affiliate market inside of things. I know a couple of like years ago, especially during COVID that um like free shares, free crypto or on those platforms. That was quite a lucrative, like affiliate marketing side hustle. It's not as good anymore. Um, but yeah, like, so those two sort of monetization streams you've built up, um, I guess that, like, how did they come about and how did you build them up over time? Um, so between those two, I probably would say the split is like 75% sponsored work and then 25% affiliate. Um, Oh, but but the problem so the 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 sort of challenge I faced with that is that when I started I thought the only way to make money from a blog um and like I said I had no awareness originally but I thought maybe I could post the odd referral link on there you know yeah. like you said free shares and stuff like that and that was in my head I was thinking that's how I'd make a little bit of money from it um and then the sponsored work sort of just one day someone emailed me and said, I'll give you a tenner if you post this on your website. And I was like, wicked, it's 
a, like a, a housing brand. It's not particularly that relevant, but yeah, I'll post it on there. And I made like ten pounds, and then I realized quite quickly that so that 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 post that I did for them, they then would email me back every week. And I remember originally on my like income spreadsheet, they were their own line on how much <laughs> I earned from them. Um, and then over time, just different brands got in touch, different uh, different marketing companies, different SEO companies would just get in touch and they'll be like, right, how much would you charge me to put this on your website? Um, so more and more of these brands would come through. I'd be, try and be like super, super polite and super helpful to yeah. them. Post it straight away. Here's my guarantee that I can offer you. Um, and then they just kept coming back. So that brand that paid me £10 the first in the first year of me blogging are still one of my regular oh, wow. um, customers. That's unreal. That's it. And it's, and like, like we said before, it's just snowballed. Like I've just gained new customers, new brands. Um, and there, that is the bulk of my income because I've made these sort of connections with these companies and they come back every month. Um, and over time I've had to like renegotiate prices. Yeah, as you've got bigger and got more traffic, yeah. then you can charge Definitely. them more. Right? Yeah. Well, that's good. I think the only like, frust- like a, it's not a frustration. I'm so glad at what what my blog's done, but a, fr- a sort of mini frustration of mine is that when I first started, I didn't know much about affiliate marketing or sponsored work, and it meant that when I started creating my blog, which has got like a thousand blog posts on it now, I didn't put like affiliate links into mm. into things because I, I didn't know about it. So now I've got posts that I have to revisit to put like affiliate stuff in it. Um, so that's, so my affiliate side, my, the affiliate side of my income is, is a lot slower because that's not snowballed the way that the sponsored work has, because that's like regular work. It's ongoing every month. Whereas the affiliate stuff that I could have really set a a foundation for myself when I started, but I didn't because I wasn't aware of it. So yeah. I've had to sort of go back and add that to things. So yeah, that's it's like a 75-25 split currently. And for the for the affiliates, what, what are the main affiliates that is it like investment platforms or cashback apps and websites? What are the main sort of streams you use yeah to get to get those affiliates? I think th- those two are definitely big ones. Um and then there's things like um sort of side hustle websites, you know, like task click websites um you know like um i think one of them swag books oh my dosh uh cashback.co.uk they're they're three big ones for me um the the side hustle aspect so there's like that money saving apps websites that kind of stuff um definitely the investment ones just on my five referrals for trading 212 <laughs> and then yeah, like task websites where people can make a bit of extra money. Um, those are the sort of three main categories of of affiliates for me. Yeah, no, nice. No, yeah, it's very interesting to hear about your blogging journey. Obviously, really appreciate you being transparent with, yeah, the different like affiliates you use, how much money you've made, how the journey's been over time. Yeah, it's unreal that you're able to make pretty much double your income from this, which started off as just a £10 post four or five years or well actually six odd years ago into now yeah being double your sort of day job salary um the, the next bit I wanted to touch on is some obviously as you do share a lot of money saving tips was if you wanted to share maybe a few 
of your own top or best money saving tips that you think listeners could maybe try and implement this year as we are at the start of the year now in 2024 yeah definitely um and and i guess my uh, before i before i go into my tips this could be so different for different people um but i've tried to go really general of something that could benefit everyone um so my my top three is and i'll explain each one after i've said that yeah that sounds good um so my top three is to do a big financial audit to make saving money easy for yourself or uh, make money simple, make it oh, simple to, to save. <laughs> and then utilising money saving tools as well. So yeah, let's start the financial the audit then. One. Yeah. <laughs> going back to the that good ones one, that good ones they seem they seem like all encompassing each one there's like a lot you can unpick to it yeah definitely and i tried to go general like i said because this could you know if you're someone that spends a thousand pound a month on food then you probably should focus on that but <laughs> the big financial audit is gonna look at that so i'd start with um it's up to you how you want to do it. You can do it on a spreadsheet. You can do it with pen and paper, but add up how much you're earning versus how much you're spending. Um, if you are spending more than you earn, we need like a big red flag. You need to look at that quickly. Um, if you're not, what are you doing with that excess money? You're saving it, you're investing it. Um, so two, lots of aspects there. And again, this is really depending on on your financial situation. Then review each area of spending. So things like your mobile bill, any insurance bills, you can often get them cheaper by haggling, looking at comparison websites. Um, So go through each aspect of your spending, every single bill, um, how much you spend on takeaways, if you spend a lot of money on partying. Um, And I'm not saying cut things completely. I'm not saying stay at home and don't spend any money, but just have a review of it and see if you can cut down, see if it's actually making you happy as well, I think is an important point, um, and just re- reduce things that don't make you happy and waste a lot of money. And then as part of your big financial audit, look ahead to the year um, at dates where you'll need to spend money. So it could be you've got a big birthday coming up, you've got a holiday coming up, and start thinking about how you're going to save up for those. So if it's in six months' time, um, and you're going on holiday, that's five, that's £50 a month and you've saved £300. Um, so just look ahead um, to things that are coming up. Yeah. Saving that's... money. Go on, what were you saying, sorry? Yeah, and I was going to say, that's a good shout. I think you can, like, if you know something's coming up, even like Christmas presents, it's quite far in advance. You can break it down into saving smaller amounts per month so it doesn't feel like you're forking out a load of money when it actually comes yeah. to it. Um, I know that people generally don't like budgeting and like tracking their like transactions but i think when you say a financial audit even just for a few months like tracking it's obviously your income is probably you're gonna get paid once or twice a month and generally if you've got a normal sort of day job but then your expenses are going to be coming out every day so you almost track until your money's going and you like categorize things into like takeaways eating out clothes um gym whatever it is you can quickly see where most of your money's going and the chances are if they're not like necessities that you need to pay like rent and bills you probably can cut back in some areas that as you say stop spending um too much compared to how much you earn but yeah sorry that you covered most for you so i'll let you go on to your second tip (laughs) yeah and the thing is as well if you were to if you were good to go to the gym and you said i want to lose weight one of the first things they'll do is like write a food diary 
like track everything that you're eating. Yeah. Um, so that tracking is really important to, because we, we often, and I, I do it often, we mindlessly do things. So you're almost just increasing your awareness of what you're doing with your money, what you're doing with your food. So when you track things, you're just increasing your own awareness of it. Yeah. Um, so making, saving money easy for yourself. So make it effortless, make it simple. And that could be set up direct debits to move money into your savings, your investments, to pay your bills each month. That's a really simple one that will, without any thought to it, will keep you on track each month. Um, in my personal current account, every month money goes into savings and by savings, it goes into diff- different pots. Um, so it'd be like one saving for Christmas, one saving in my holiday fund, one saving in my fun fund, um, and then uh, an amount goes out to investments as well. So that's all just set up for me. And then each yeah. month I'm like, right, I've I've like snowballed this amount of money into this without even realizing. Um, <laughs> download some really simple to use cashback apps. So there's two that sort of spring to mind, Airtime Rewards and Cheddar. Once you've set them up on your phone, you don't have to do anything. Um, but they will give you cash back when you spend at certain retailers that, and those retailers often change on those apps as well. Um, but it, it's that initial effort and then that's it. There's no more effort involved. And then my final one on making it easy for you is to unsubscribe from anything that encourages you to spend money where you don't enjoy it. So that could be um, you're getting an email from a clothes brand or <laughs> Uber Eats is on there. Just unsubscribe if it's going to encourage you to spend money in ways that don't make you happy. Yeah. I mean, they're all brilliant tips. And I think in general, we have some other subscriptions that you don't use much. Feel free to unsubscribe those as well. That's an obvious tip. Yeah. That's a great yeah. second tip. Um, I, I think what we were talking about, first of all, the whole automation side of things, I'm a massive fan of automation. And I think on payday, if you can automate, as you were saying, like your money going to different pots, then first of all, it's all done. And then second of all, the money is gone. So you're then not tempted. When you look at your like actual bank balance, all that stuff, like the savings, the investing is already gone. So you know how much you've actually got to now spend for the month rather than the other way around and coming to the end of the month and have nothing left. And because it's like with, with like food, if there's food on the table, you're eventually going to eat it. With money, if there's money in your bank account, you're eventually going to spend it. The chances are you won't wait to the end of the month and then do it. So it's better to yeah, automatically do it right at the start. Um, yeah, no, that sounds good. And what was the third tip? (laughs) The third tip was utilizing money saving tools. So you've got all sorts that you can use to save money every month. So cashback's a big one. I've been a big fan of cashback since, I don't know, probably I was like 15 or something. So you can get cards that give you cashback. You can get websites that give you cashback and apps. Um, The way that cashback works, anyone that doesn't know, is that when you spend money and you go through a website, a cashback website or a cashback app or a card that gives you cashback, gives you a percentage of your spending back. That might be at specific retailers. um, And sometimes there's offers that come with that as well, which is brilliant. They'll do like a uh, one of the websites was doing like a 10 percent top up on on if you book a holiday um, so 10% cashback, which is just, yeah. It's almost a no brainer. If you're going to spend money on a holiday or whatever it is it. anyway, you might as well get some cashback. Definitely. And it all adds up over time. I think I've got like, I've earned 3000 pounds from one of my cashback websites now. Oh, wow. Just madness. Yeah. Like, and it was, 
it's effortless. Like I'm just, it's an extra click on a website just before I buy something. What are some of your favorite um, um like apps and websites to use for cashback? So uh, website wise, I would say Top Cashback and Quidco are the are the oh, two yeah. big ones. I've got both of those. Yeah. Um, app wise, like I said, Airtime Awards, Cheddar. Um, I've also got the Top Cashback app on my phone. To be fair, um, there's been some smaller ones, but they've they've often crumbled. So I, I try stick and stick to the big to boys. The big ones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then card wise, uh, you know, Amex is is um, yeah. big fan of the um, Amex, and but but I guess there's an important point with that in that don't use a cashback card if it's a credit card and you're not going to pay it off. You're 100%. using it for the rewards and the benefits. Don't trick yourself out of those rewards by not paying it off. Um, other money saving tools are discount codes, so you can. At the majority, I would say the majority of places that you buying things online, always check for a discount code. Yeah, I, do it I always do that. Google the website, discount code, yeah. and try some random ones and see if they're still active. <laughs> Definitely, um, it's it's worth doing. You, again, you can save like ten percent, twenty percent. I bought something the other day. I had it in my shopping basket, and they emailed with like a twenty percent discount code, and I was like. I'm so glad I waited. Yeah. And good... I, it saved me like 15 pounds. And I was like, that is, it all adds up, all this bit of extra money. Um, two of the, so I use a website called vouchercodes.co.uk for discount codes. Um, and I also have the browser extension. It's called Honey. Oh, um, yeah. I've got that. Yeah. Applies. Yeah, oh, I'm glad. Some of these things you're mentioning, it. I actually have got and I've been using. So that's good. The, yeah. that signed off by you is good to use <laughs> definitely <laughs> and then also price comparison websites as well you know especially if you're making a big purchase i mean i do it for every purchase but if you're making a big purchase you know you're buying a new phone a washing machine using a comparison website so um i do a shout out again idealo is is the cashback uh, not cashback price comparison website that i use and you can also set up price alerts on there. So if I know I'm going to buy something, but I but I don't need it right now, I can set up a price alert to let me know if it drops by like ten percent, or it'll give me a, it'll send me an email and let me know that it's reduced in price. Which is That's again, happy. this is like I use it for everything. To be honest with you, like there is my dad has a favorite drink that he wants for Christmas every year, so I have a price alert set up. So that all year I'm getting alerts if it reduces in price. Yeah. Um, so I never over overpay for my dad's Christmas present because every year I know he wants the same thing and I just buy it when it's it's gone on offer. Thank you very much, Emma, for those free tips. Um, really like the specific examples you gave for it as well. So hopefully people can then, after this, go ahead and Google and research the specific apps and sites and cars and see which ones work best for them. Um, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on this podcast episode, talking a bit, a bit of a combo, a bit about your sort of blogging journey over the last six or seven years, and also some top money-saving tips that hopefully people can implement um, going forward, not just in 2024, but also in the years to come to as your sort of blog says to i guess earn more money uh save more make your money go further um of course people can find you at your blog and at your instagram at your twitter do you want to shout those out and feel free to yeah plug anything here at the end before we wrap up 
Yeah, thank you for having me as well, Ryan. Um, Anytime. Yeah, so my blog is www.bmoneysavvy.com. It is B like a buzzy bee instead of B-E. Um, and it's the same on Instagram as well. It's bmoneysavvy, B-E-E, moneysavvy. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find me, Instagram, Twitter. It's all the same, all the same handle. No, that's good. And actually, I was looking at your blog as well, and there is a bit where you you are like saving the bees, aren't you? Because it's B E E, and is like the sustainable. Is it that, that that like the sustainable side of investing and saving money? Yeah, that's it. So it looks at yeah, like your ethical banks, um, which I think most people would be completely unaware of. Um, but there's like an ethical table for banking. Um, so some banks are shocking. They uh, <laughs> invest in war and weapons and tobacco and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then other banks are doing some really good stuff and they support the local community. So, yeah, there's there's that aspect to my blog, which is where the bee, the buzzy bee comes from. Yeah, um, that's cool. Same with investments as well. Yeah, so I help people earn more, save more, and also saving the planet a little bit along the way. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> No, perfect. Thank you very much for coming on, Emma. It's been great chatting to you.